Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. We're back. Hello. Hello. I am back from Italy, and you are back from dyeing your hair. Uh, Again. And having the world's most awful cold. Oh. It sucked. Really? Like, apparently it's going around. The the cold bug is going around. Everyone's got the sniffles blowing your nose. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. I hate it. Yeah. You haven't had a cold in how many years? Over two years. Over two years. Yeah. And, And did you miss it? Sure didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. No. I went to Bologna. Did you eat bologna in Bologna? I did not. Uh. Though I did repeat your joke to a couple other people who were American and appreciated it far more than the Italians did. Well, of course. Yes. Absolutely. Because <laughs> they don't even know what bologna is, so why would they even get that right. joke? Exactly. But yes, I ate very good food. I ate weird food and delightful food and a spilled Nutella all over my pants. All over them. Tell me they were white pants. They were not white pants. Dang it. They were black pants. White pants would have been better. You're right. It would have been. But it did look like a fancy design. It Because, you know, the Nutella was like really thin strands. And they, so my, my pants were only one leg, though. Only one leg was covered <laughs> with little little brown, wiggly little lines. <laughs> and, uh, and I should have just gritted my teeth and done the other leg as well. And then I would have at least been matching. But I didn't, I didn't have the chutzpah. I didn't have the guts to do it, so that's okay. What what uh what is this podcast here? Uh, this is Fuse Eight and Kate. Uh huh. And what do we do here? We talk about things we did on sabbatical and things we spilled on our pants. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, we talk about picture books, right? Which I saw quite a few of in Bologna. I saw I saw some delightful books. I saw you know what the most popular series i saw what there was what blew up my instagram blew up my facebook it was the butt detective Ooh, does he discover butts no he is a butt <gasps> and he looks like sherlock holmes he's a if, butt that discovers other butts uh no he solves crimes and you know how he defeats the bad guys through his butt he farts yeah, yeah he does <laughs> it's like literally the most popular series in the world that has never come to america what over 20 million copies sold but today we are not talking about butts or de- detectives. Maybe detectives. We can make it not. about butts, so I could find a way. I mean, you could find a way with today's book. I'm not gonna lie to you. There is a butt, and it is rather large. Go on. Um, that is all I'm going to say. There will no. There will not be any anuses, however. So you can just. I know. I know. You can. You can. You can put your. Why little are we even patty. doing the book, Betsy? I know. I know. It's. It's. I'll tell you why we're doing the book before I even show you what the book is. I had a a, a camera crew, a movie crew, who was doing a documentary on the history of children's literature, come to my library, and one of the things they wanted me to do was to take uh, classic picture books and turn the pages and they for their B roll, and so I did that to where the wild things are. And the snowy day, and uh, Perez and Martina, and 
the Crockett Johnson one with the Harold and the Purple Crant. I did them all. Did them all. And uh, and I did today's book, which was not my idea. It was someone else's idea, I think. But I thought it was a very good idea. And I thought it was such a good idea that we'd do it today. Are you ready for that book? Okay. All right. Seven Blind Mice. By? Ed Young. Ed Young. You're not going to... You're not going to remember the last Ed Young we've done, are you? By any chance? Maybe. Could you? Lin Popo. Lon Popo! Lon Popo. Look at you! Yeah. Look at you with your Lon Popo. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed. Thank you. I did not see that one coming. Good for you. I didn't either. <laughs> wow. Look at you. You're learning. So You're there's learning seven stuff. butts in this one. There's uh, one, well, maybe, but there's one large one in particular. I'm and that's guess, the butt. I'm going to guess it's a cat. It's not a cat. Oh. It's not a cat. Okay. This is a this is a story you may have heard before, but it's not usually told with mice. So oh, I will be interested in your take in it. Okay. Go read that book. While Kate does her read, let's learn a little bit about Ed Young. Caldecott medalist Ed Young. You know, the guy who like wins stuff for art because of what he does. He's done over 100 books for kids, many of which he has also written. He finds inspiration in his work in the philosophy of Chinese painting and has even said, and this is on his website, his amazing website, by the way, that, quote, a Chinese painting is often accompanied by words. They are complementary. There are things that words do that pictures never can, and likewise, there are images that words can never describe. What a perfect quote to put on your website if you are making picture books. Um, he was born in Tianjin, China. He grew up in Shanghai. He later moved to Hong Kong. As a young man, he came to the United States on a student visa to study architecture, but then he turned to his love of art. His website, I should say, is particularly good for a number of reasons, but one of the things I like the most, he has this very cool section called In Progress, which shows ideas, things he's working on, things he's sort of thought up. I don't know how often he updates it, but it's just a cool thing to have on your website, and I think everybody should do it. Um, however, I did learn from this website that apparently the last book he made was called Vessel of Promises. It was by Stephen Cohen. It came out with Philomel in 2020, and I heard nothing about it. Do you guys hear about it? Do you guys remember this book? Does anyone know about this book? Because it's not in print right now. I can tell you that right now. I tried to buy it, and it's not even out there. So not sure what the deal is going on there. But the other book he had coming out that year, I believe, was The Weather's Bet. That's a great book, and I really, really enjoy it. Let's see how Kate likes this old one. Seven blind mice. Seven blind mice. See how they run. See how they run. I've got it. That's all I got. Oh, I was gonna. That's I was gonna do. I was gonna chime in on the next part and make it a round. But oh but you no, stopped, I, I, so I ruined. You ruined the everything? round. Everything, pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. That's alright. I just wasn't sure what they were gonna do after that. I, they all ran around and thought there was a fan or a snake or <laughs> see, it doesn't really scan. A spear. Spear. A- how does a mouse know what a spear oh, is? Oh. I will talk about oh, that oh, mouse. Oh, 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 okay, okay. There is one mouse in particular that is the biggest idiot. Of- okay. <laughs> Which mouse, children, is the dumb mouse? That's the yellow one, Betsy. Oh, is it the yellow one? In okay. case you're wondering, it's the yellow I one. I was actually wondering yeah. at this point in this proceedings, yes. All right. Uh, tell me more. Okay, so we got these seven 
blind mice. Yeah. That uh, they have very good sense of smell. They come across something with a capital S. Maybe, maybe not that great a sense of smell, because wouldn't just a sense of smell tell you instantly what it was that you were dealing with if you were a mouse? Sound, smell, <laughs> touch, touch. Yeah. I mean, literally any sense. There's a lot of other sense. senses that you could be I pulling mean, on here. You could, yeah. you could taste it, I, I guess. I wouldn't recommend it. I would not recommend it. <laughs> well, they come yeah. across something. Something. By their pond, and they all are like, what is it? Uh, then we meet these mice. And they don't have pupils, Betsy. Well, they're blind, Kate. They're terrifying. They're oh well, yeah. They're so creepy without pupils. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't care if a mouse has pupils. They're still terrifying to find in your home. Th- that's true. Yeah, but you don't usually find ones that are. But green. they'd be way creepier if I like did find a mouse in my home and it, then it's, it turned its head slowly and stared at me with pure white eyes. And if it was green or yellow or purple or red or orange or blue or white, I mean, we got lots of different. I think I, I think I'd just be confused at that point. If it was white, I would I would understand. But any of those other colors, I'd be like, "What is it? It can't be a mouse." Well, you turn the page and it says, "On Monday, Red Mouse went first to find out." So already we're learning colors and we're learning days of the week. I am getting real flashbacks to Very Hungry Caterpillar here. Me too, mm-hmm. especially when the art of the something mm-hmm. is in like photographic collage yes handmade i i don't know that he made the papers that's true but yes it's paper collage yeah yeah Mm -hmm. definitely reminds me of hunger cat it definitely does without the die cuts i'm not mad though no 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 no. so uh red comes back it's a very different book i don't think the two would be confused right right right. so the red one comes back and he i'm just gonna point out that so most of these gendering these most of these mice are he Okay. So Most. he comes back and he says, oh, it's a pillar. Okay. A red pillar because he's the red mouse. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. I see what you're doing there. Even though he's blind, so he can't see color. No, but everything is red to him. But then he's like, man, yeah, but no one believes him. So on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Green Mouse goes out and he's feeling the, well, I'll just say, he's feeling the trunk. Yeah, you're just giving it away, but it's understandable because what other animal has a trunk? <laughs> right. Uh, and Green Mouse is like, oh, it's a snake. And at really that point, <laughs> at that point, the mice should have just been like, all right, we're good. Well, yeah. We don't need I to mean, go. why even risk it, right? Right. The first mouse was wrong. We're going to go with the snake. It's a predator. It's going to eat us. Yeah. End of the story. How this guy got away, unclear. But... And this is why I think the yellow mouse is the dumbest. Oh, I see. Oh, good. Tell because if your brother says it's a it's predator, a snake. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't you want to keep away well, if I had any sense of self-preservation, yeah. I mean, they they keep in order uh, by color day by day. Mm-hmm. So it's yellow is next and then purple. So I think it was the purple one that put him up to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was I like, was hey, yellow out. mouse. Yeah. I'm sure it's not a snake. It Go out. Fine. Go double check. Go on. He didn't get eaten. And yellow, yellow mouse is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yellow mouse goes out and he says... It's a spear. So... So I'm figuring out that whatever the mouse thinks it is, it's it turns into that color of said mouse. So yeah. It's, it's now a yellow spear that mm-hmm. we are seeing. Yes. Purple Mouse knew it wasn't a spear because he knows his brother is an idiot. <laughs> an idiot. So that's <laughs> why all, he, he felt... just ran out when... 
everyone thought it was a predator. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and uh-huh. he knew that his brother didn't die, so he's like, all right, I feel good Because if anybody out. was going to die, it was going to be it's Yellow It's going to be mouse. Yellow Mouse. Yeah. Exactly. So the fourth mouse goes out, uh, the purple mouse, and he went out on a Thursday. So far, all boys, right? Right. So it says, uh, it's a cliff, he said, and it's really cool because it's the mouse silhouetted behind like a moon and the mm-hmm. cliff is like this purple paper, almost like a tie-dye. Modeled, kind of, yeah. It's very pretty. Because you can see the paper is wrinkled when it was like, yeah. I don't know, scanned or something on the page. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but it makes a very cool cliff. Or photograph, maybe. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah. So then Orange Mouse goes out on Friday. He is the fifth to go. He's out on the ear. Ah. And uh, and this is where he says, it's a fan. I felt it move. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's... Sure. That's... I mean, fans, I'd say, would move slightly differently than an elephant's ear, but you do you. Yeah. Betsy, you said it was an elephant. Oh, did I not? You did I? You did. I don't think I... We said trunk earlier. I know, but... You gave it away. Oh, man. I'm All sorry, right. people. But it's okay, because we get to six We're mouth. almost there. Yes. Yeah. Six mouth goes out. Uh, he's the blue mouse. Blue mouse is the most confident mouse. Yeah. The most cocky mouse. Okay. And uh, it, but I love his confidence, because he goes out there. He's go. He's out there on a Saturday, and he says, it's nothing but a rope. Nothing. All y'all are liars. Just chill, guys. How do you chill. guys even get a rope it's mixed up and say it's a, a rope. spear? It's not even. I mean, sense I guess here. you could see it was a cliff if you're like on the edge of the rope. Yeah, and a fan because it could like move back and forth like a right. fan, like a closed fan or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a spear because our brother's an idiot. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't even know what this guy was talking about, and it's thin like a snake. So right, yeah, it's clearly a rope. Right, I'm with I blue mouse. Case- Case closed. Right. Yeah. But they're all now arguing after Blue Mouse has gone out. So now we've got Blue Mouse, who's by himself. He's He doesn't need to argue with the other mice. Oh, yeah, yeah, mice. no, no. He's already determined He's very everything. very confident. But, like, orange is yelling at purple. Green is yelling at red. Yellow is by himself, like, where am I? <laughs> and then White Mouse comes out on Sunday. She... Love that it's a she. Can you imagine having six idiot brothers? Oh my gosh. And they all do everything before you and always make you go last. But she's the smartest. She goes up one side and down the other. She runs across the top from end to end. And she tells her brothers, it's an elephant. (laughs) You dumb. It's, it's an elephant. It's as sturdy as a pillar, as mm. supple as a snake, white as a cliff, sharp as a spear, breezy as a fan, stringy as a rope. However, you put it together, it is an elephant. So one way of looking at it is that they're all right, and the other way of looking at it is that they're all completely wrong. All the brothers are wrong all except for her. of them are wrong except yes. for her. Yeah, because yeah. she went out and did the research. Well, they were like relying on hearsay and conjecture, and then their first she impressions. Looked, well, yeah. she they looked at one little piece of the puzzle right. and ignored the rest of the puzzle. Right. They yeah. were not listening to one another, so they did not take into account what other people were saying. They just believed their own senses above that of others. And uh, meanwhile, this elephant is looking at seven mice that are crawling all over it, I mean, not amused. If I know anything from Mythbusters, they prove without a doubt that. Elephants really are scared of mice. So this elephant must have like I a think soul it's blind. of steel. You think it's blind? <laughs> I think it's blind. Oh, you might be right. But even then, you'd feel those little 
little pity paws all over your body. But you don't necessarily you? know that it's a mouse crawling That's on true. you. You might think it was that helpful bird that comes and eats your ticks. It could be a bird. It yeah. could be a weird squirrel. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So the elephant is just completely unaware that these were mice that have been I think it's, hanging out. Yeah. I think it's aware that something's time. crawling on it, but the elephant is blind. Yep. And could not care less. Right. The elephant has other things on its mind, though apparently not moving because it's been in the same place for the last seven days. So. Well, it's near a pond, so it's probably drinking oh, yeah. water. It's probably just storing up, hanging. Anyway, it's chill. The story ends with the mouse moral, which is knowing in part may make a fine tale, but wisdom comes from seeing the whole. That did not <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> the whole. <laughs> I knew I'd find an anus somewhere. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> the end. It did have a butt in it though, right? An elephant butt. It did. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is a classic folktale. Um, it's usually done with blind men. The last one is not usually a blind woman. It's usually like, you know, a bunch of blind men. Um, in this particular case, he thought, well, okay, I'm going to do small animals uh, exploring an elephant. So he thought, well, what's a, what's a good animal do? Uh, I'll do monkeys. But then he wanted an even smaller animal than monkeys. And I think that was a wise choice on his part. And so he decided to go with mice. He had experience doing mice. Allow me to show you. And I'm so delighted by this. This was the first picture book he ever did. So this was in 1962. The man's still going strong, by the way. Still still making books. But uh, this was the first book he ever did. Please read that title out loud. The Mean Mouse and Other Mean Stories. Now look at that mouse. <laughs> that seriously pissed off mouse. It's like a, when Disney animators start doing rough sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to figure out where the head and the ears mm-hmm. might be. That's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, The Mean Mouse, it was the very first book he did. It was by Janice May Udry, who is probably best known uh, for the book A Tree is Nice, which we have yet to do on this podcast. So yes, so... He, he decided to do mice. He decided to do seven of them, which was interesting because he wanted to do the colors of the rainbow. So he figured what he'd do is that he would have six of the mice represent the rainbow, and then the seventh would be what he called a light. Uh, and so, and then he came up with the idea of the seven days of the week a little later, and that made a lot of sense. So since making the book, and I think this is kind of interesting, he mentioned in an interview that people objected to the fact that the white mouse was the one that figured out the puzzle, but he noticed that no one took exception to the fact that the smart mouse was the only female in the group. So, hmm. so it's an interesting point. Um, this was this came out in 1992, and as I say, it got a Caldecott honor. You know, in, in 1989, he just won a Caldecott medal for Lon Po Po. So really the 80s 90s this was sort of his heyday he's been continually publishing before and since he's done beautiful work consistently but this was when he was really getting the ala medals which in my experience is what happens is that an artist will like really do well within like a decade period and then everything like after that they're kind of like considered old hat like we've seen his work before we're not impressed so i feel like that's what kind of what happened because it's not like he hasn't made beautiful books since then He's been doing beautiful books the whole time. Ratings time! So this definitely isn't a news story. I I had heard this before. I think it was in a TED Talk. And when I was trying to find it online, I found this website called Momentous Institute. And they said, 
Like the seven blind mice, kids need to learn the important lesson that we don't always see things in the same ways as others, but that another person's perspective is just as important as our own. And I don't feel like that is at sure all. That's what the message. I First of all, we I don't seem think to that's insist at all that all our books have messages, but I don't think that was the message of the book. I another mouse's perspective was wrong. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, they were wrong. If you put the puzzle pieces together, you could figure out what it was without having to travel the entire elephant. There is that. But she didn't do that. She decided to do the research herself and find out the whole. Yeah. Rather so than I don't just know touch this... the first thing she touched and be like, oh, I think it's this thing. Yeah, oh. I don't know what this momentous institute is doing, but it's giving out wrong morals. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, that happens with kids books. All the time. Just stick with the moral that's literally in the book, people. Yeah. Um, uh, but I love it. I love that it teaches colors. It teaches days of the week. That female are smarter than males. If you see, Wait, a, ye- <laughs> if you see a yellow mouse, it's an idiot. Wait, okay. I love uh, the cool collage photographic art. That is cool. And, of course, the moral. So I gave it an 8.5. Whoa! That is a big old, big, big number there. Yeah. I can't really argue with you either. It's really beautiful. You know, it... I was comparing it to Very Hungry Caterpillar, but the reason Very Hungry Caterpillar works as well as it does is that it does what it does very well. And this is different enough. It took a classic folktale, converted it into something for kids, and did it in a good way. Like, it's a very smooth conversion. Uh, Fits perfectly within the page count, the art, which he changes for every single book. I did notice on his website, he has a little silhouetted um, of a mouse clearly from this book uh, on his, next to his name on his website. So he clearly has like this emotional attachment to this book even now. Um, I'm going to go 7.5. That's low, so, Betsy. You think it's so 8? I'm going to go 8. Okay, that's All right, better. 8. I actually was going to say 8, and then I forgot it, and then I remembered it. Okay, good. That. So it's a classic. 8! Yay! It's a classic! Yay! Letters time. So we last episode did a St. Patrick's Day book. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, It's been a while. And and I was really happy to see that the rabbit hole, which is in Kansas City, uh, it is a exploratorium. It is the first museum of picture book art. It is amazing. If you guys are not following them on Instagram, you really should. And one thing they do with frightening frequency and they're really good at it, is they do Book Face Friday. And we've all seen this where, you know, you hold up a book and then you have someone wearing, like, the clothing of the person and, like, they complete, you know, the, the person or the, you know, figure in the book. And they did it for O'Sullivan Stew and they tagged us. And I gotta say, it was beautifully done. They had to, I think they had a paperback of it and they had to, like, sort of curve it in the person who was holding its hand so that it would line up correctly with the woman behind it. But it just looked Beautiful. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the rabbit hole for doing that. And then after that, you were feeling crummy. Um, and uh, I'll have to say this as best I can. On Instagram, Bavane Hall, I'll just say it like that, said, Well, I like to listen to audiobooks when I feel cruddy. But instead of classics or kids books, I tend to go for Terry Pratchett novels. I suspect they might be uh, to Kate's liking if she hasn't already read them. Well, we're a little familiar with Terry Pratchett novels because two members of our family are 
completely obsessed with them. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard his name a lot. A lot. And that's why I haven't read any of his stuff. It's kind of <laughs> why I've never looked at his adult stuff, I'm afraid. Yes. Our mother, I should say. Uh, and brother. And brother. Love him. And, uh, and <coughs> obsessed. <coughs> yeah, what was that? Yeah, it was a little, little thing. A little, there. little stuffed up. A little I, stuff. think. I yeah. can tell. I can tell. Uh, our aunt, as well, I believe, uh, is also just gung ho. Ironically, which member of our family met him twice? Which one? Which one was that? Was that me? Was that me? It was Did me, I... Betsy. It was me, actually. Oh. It was actually me. Was me. <laughs> I met him twice, and it was complete waste because I've only ever read his kids' books, which were great, but uh, the Wee Freeman and stuff like that. But it, I even at the second time, at the time, I was kind of like, this this is kind of wasted on me. I'm not I'm not the uber fan. This really should be literally almost any other member of my family, except for me. Except for me. And maybe not dad, because that would be a really amusing dinner to think about, but I don't think it would go well. So, yeah. All right. Grown-up things we like. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about puzzles throughout this episode, where, like, you know, taking a puzzle piece and then looking at the whole picture. Well, while I was sick... Um, I was past the contagious point, but I participated in a puzzle swap. Nice. Which, if you have never done this before, set one up in your local neighborhood because mm-hmm. it's great. What happened was you would show up and you would get, uh, depending on how many puzzles you brought, you would get a slip of paper with that many number of puzzles that you could swap. So I set down my one puzzle that I wanted to swap out for another one. Um, I found one. And then I gave that little piece of paper back. And then people were just for hours constantly swapping different puzzles. And it was so cool to see the different types of puzzles that were out there. There were kids' puzzles, adults' puzzles, some puzzles that uh, it was noted that there is one piece missing. Um, but yeah, no, if, you've, if you want to do a puzzle swap, set one up yourself. Because I found it quite enjoyable. And then I did the puzzle in like three days because I had nothing else to do. Aww. <laughs> I gotta say, though, that's a great idea. And I think actually libraries would be a really good place to set this sort of thing up. They tend to have a lot of old puzzles. In my library on the third floor, we have two continually going puzzles at two different tables Hmm. that any, like, member of the public can go up and try to, like, you know, put some puzzle pieces in. The minute they're solved, they get switched out for a new puzzle. Um, But I have to assume after a while, you know, the puzzles just get used so often that people want to see new puzzles. So this would be a great way to have like a baseline of puzzles. And then, yeah, a puzzle swap sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Set it up, Betsy. I'm busy. Make make it happen. I I will talk to people. I will bring it up at work. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, My grown-up thing is, well, the Oscars just happened. Some of you might have noticed. Um, I was attempting to see as many of the Best Picture nominees as possible, we did the night before the Oscars. We thought about seeing Coda, and then we were like, man, we're tired. Let's watch John Oliver instead. And we did not see the actual Best Picture winner, which was a pity. Um, but what I did see, I did see Belfast, and I saw Licorice Pizza. Belfast, this is by Kenneth Branagh. It's about his uh, childhood when he was growing up in Northern Ireland. It's great. Um, it is a little ridiculous in that his parents are played by the most beautiful actors of all time. Like his dad and mom look like movie stars. And you're just kind of watching this like, I guess if you can make the argument that all kids think their parents are movie stars, you might be able to get away with it. But uh, these are particularly beautiful people, but it was nice. Um, Licorice Pizza is weird. I really enjoyed it. I really didn't know anything about it going in. 
I think that was the number one best way to go about it. It's a Paul Thomas Anderson thing. Uh, it's about a 15-year-old who falls in love with a 25-year-old. She does not fall in love with him back, but they become good friends. And it is just them hanging out in 1973 L.A. And it is a trip. There is a sequence of her... They've run out of gas because it's 1973, so there's a gas crisis. Uh, we wouldn't know anything about that. And she, her truck that she's driving has run out of gas, so she has to drive... It goes down a hill, so she backwards, they push her, and then she has to drive backwards down the hill with no gas. It is the tensest moment of watching a movie I've seen in a very long time. So, highly recommend it. Uh, I liked both Belfast and I liked Licorice Pizza. Well, we should definitely give... Two thumbs up, though, Dakota, though. I mean, winning Best Picture, mm -hmm. having the first male Best Actor who is deaf. Uh, supporting Actor, but yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's true. What? I don't want to take away no, from no, Will No, 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 we're not going so. to. <laughs> <laughs> who would? <laughs> but, but when, uh, yeah, he, no, when the interpreters were getting choked up while yeah. they were interpreting the, the speeches, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. No, it's unfortunately it's only streaming on Apple Plus at this point. But Apple has announced that they might re-release it in theaters. Oh, good, because I was actually looking this very weekend to see if it was in theaters, and it was not. And then I realized it was on Apple Plus, and that was why. That would be great because yeah. our local, uh, you know, music box theater it is showing some of the Oscar winners. You know who it's showing? Hmm. Belfast and Licorice Pizza, my friend, which uh. I've already seen. So I would love to see Coda in the Yeah, theater. come on, so Apple. That's great. Hurry it up. Yeah, come on. Spit spot. And put it, put put it, it out on DVD for crying out loud. They never put things on DVD. What's a DVD? Yeah, it's what a library buys when it wants to circulate a darn thing. And trust me, huh. I've been getting people already. I did buy some copies of a movie called Quota, Coda, and it stars uh, Patrick Stewart and came out two years ago. So sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to... You're going to be seeing a very different... <laughs> yeah. And until those people start complaining to me about buying the wrong Coda, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye! Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our elephant in the room is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.